This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. What's up, motherfuckers? Welcome back to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass, episode number 87. You literally just told me and I already forgot. Yeah, it's 87, man. I'm back. Uh, welcome back, Kevin. Uh, Hello. Two-week... Two uh, a mini sabbatical. Yeah, of, it was of nice, sorts. man. It was nice to get outside of the Northwest for a bit, uh, get outside and get some nice weather. I think that's going to be my yearly routine: is during the like the thick of the winter here in the Northwest. Even though we haven't really had that cold of a winter for the Northwest, I want to go down to Southern California uh, during this time of the year. Yeah, ironically, last week was really nice here. Oh, so all right. Uh, but yeah, as soon as you got back, it just started pissing on everybody again. Sounds about right. I was in Vegas last weekend. That was fun. That's a good idea. So yeah, you were doing, you went LA into Vegas. Yeah. In, in between the two weekends, did you have to come back here and work? Uh, yeah, I did. Oh, okay, okay. So, so you weren't gone for like 14 days or something? No, that would have depleted my entire bank account. Right. Uh, yeah, so I went down to LA and I went for our friend Tim Butcher's memorial service. He passed away um, late 2015. And so I went down, and they had two big memorial shows for him, one in Sacramento and one in L.A. Uh, the Sacramento show, my ride ended up falling uh, falling through. Um, <laughs> it's my friend had to go into work because someone called out or, what, you know, just some bullshit. So yeah, I didn't. I wasn't up. able to make the six-hour drive, which, uh, to be honest, I was kind of happy I, in the end that I didn't have to get in the car all day because I went and saw At the Gates and uh, The Haunted. Who else played that? Harm's Way and Decapitated down wow. in Pomona at the Glass House. I'd never been to that venue before. I ate some bomb-ass fried chicken with the Zavolba boys and uh, got to see At the Gates. It was f***ing sick. And That's a hell of a lineup. Yeah, it was incredible. And the, the venue was really cool. Um, got to see some record stores down in the area. Got to uh, go to some f***ing sketchy uh, bootleg metal stores. Uh, that nice. was really weird. Like I got this Mexican Slayer patch. It's like one of a kind. Uh, very, very bootleg. Very colorful. Very, That's awesome. Very fancy. Did you bring like an empty suitcase to fill up? Oh yeah, with all your random swaggity swag memorabilia uh one of the other things so i wanted to really quick mention that the two shows for tim butcher were a were an insane success they ended up uh, uh raising fourteen thousand wow. dollars for his family wow. um about fourteen thousand dollars and that would be to cover the funeral costs and um for everything because obviously he passed away but you know it still costs a lot of money to be in the hospital and he was in the hospital in a coma for about oh, a week that's right so oh god that's got to be Dude. Very expensive. So. Tens of thousands, yeah. Exactly. Um, so, you know, his parents, not like they're not like dead broke or anything, but obviously that's... Uh, it's a lot to have to take a, on. It's a right? big burden. Especially when you end up, you know, you, you end up losing him too after that. Just, oh, it's like total... The whole thing just f***ing sucks. Exactly. So uh, I got to see a lot of great bands reconnect with some friends I hadn't seen in a long time. Nomads were incredible. That new Nomads record is going to be a Punisher of 2016. Definitely, you have to check that out. You need to get your hands on that. You need I to do. Get we, a hold of it. We have Mike. the whole fucking record, dude. Oh, let's we play can't be tonight. sleeping on it. Yeah, we got it, man. We, we'll play a couple songs off it uh, on Metal Shop. 
We excellent. Um, so Nomads was great. Zabulba was great. This new band Lock was really really cool. Um, you probably know Sam. He used to play in Pressure, I think, and he used to also play in Trash Talk. Really tall drummer guy. Uh, he sings okay. for that band, and they were great. Um, also, one of the coolest things about my LA trip was I got to um, visit the offices of Nuclear Blast and Metal Blade Records. Um, so for the past six years, Ian and I have been doing Metal Shop. We've been talking with a couple sweet dudes from both those labels, uh, just emailing back and forth. They send us promo stuff, and uh, we always uh, go through them to do our interviews. It's a long-distance relationship. Exactly. So it was really cool to actually meet these people in person. We got to tour the... Uh, you guys to, finally got to make out. Yeah, we got to make out. Uh, finally got to give them those... I was promising for so long. Oh, yeah. See, thanks for all the records, bro. <laughs> yeah. Take a, one for the team. It's a bro job. Uh, so it's I got, not gay if you yell Slayer at the end? <laughs> no, it's still gay. Uh, they, they, cool. they hooked up uh, some, some sick promos, um, and we got to talk some trash. They, they gave us some uh, behind-the-scenes look at the record label. Um, yeah, it was just really cool. That's cool. And those are two of them that are obviously f***ing huge Super in the metal legit, world. Yeah. And, uh yeah, do cool things for their bands too. So that's cool. They kind of just opened opened their home to you. And then uh, this past weekend, the weekend before, after that, well, I came home. Jesus, how many fucking adventures did you go on? I man? went. Uh, I came home, and then I worked for three days. Well, boo boo hoo. And wham, then wham. I went to Las Vegas for a thing called Ring of Honor, which is a pro wrestling company. It's like a new day, new day like ECW, which is like the second. Second to WWE at this point. Um, it's on air Como 4, uh, 1 a.m. on, yeah, Como 4. Wow, that uh, like, that's, reminds me of like public access. Exactly. Uh, it's a one-hour program. I TiVo it and watch it like the day after. It's really f***ing cool. Just awesome wrestling. I mean, dudes like CM Punk, um, Cesaro, uh, Daniel Bryan, all those guys got their start there. Seth Rollins, they're all former uh, Ring of Honor <laughs> champions. And it was a Ring of Honor slash New Japan Pro Wrestling collaboration show. So I got to nerd out with some friends and just got to go to uh, a few of those events. There was a five-hour TV taping. They taped five episodes of the show. I went to a live pay-per-view and uh, yeah, it was just it was fucking. Are you rad. gonna be on it? Yeah, I'm actually. There's a. It's fucking embarrassing. There's oh. a fo- there's an aerial photo of everyone like freaking out, and I'm on my cell phone. You're just like this is boring. <laughs> yeah, I'm obviously very stoked. You're that guy. Yeah, I'm that guy. But uh, yeah, uh, it was it was really fun. And then when I flew back. I got a text message from Steve Miggs from the morning show, BJ and Miggs, um, who, and he, he texted me a photo of an invite that he got from WWE. His contact at WWE was like, hey, you were invited to WrestleMania 32 Sick. in Dallas. And, uh, and uh, he's like, dude, I'm going to be on Radio Row interviewing all the wrestlers, going to WWE WrestleMania for the weekend. And I just responded back like, Hey man, if you ever need some help, and in like five minutes later, he was like, "Hey, can you afford that? Can you? Could you just? All you need to do is buy a flight and chip in a little bit of money for the hotel." I was like, "No, I can't afford it, but I'll fucking do it." But yeah, let's go. So uh, I'm gonna be the man that's. Uh, so they have this thing called Radio Row. So we're gonna be actually ISDNing um, BJ live. So we're gonna be in Dallas doing the show. Oh. So um, I gotta set up the ISDN line down there in Dallas. Got to talk to Dwight and figure that. And then I'm also going to be running around gathering wrestlers to go and interview us live and telling him, like, cueing him when we're back from commercial and all that bullshit. So I get to do that, and then we get to enjoy the weekend. And, and I was gonna, Are you ready to be up and do that at, like, 5 in the morning oh, or whatever? F- yeah, what time I am. It is that I'll doing do it. it. I'll do it. 
Uh, just so, don't go to sleep. Yeah, well. Just get weird. I'm going to get weird, man. I, dude, this and I'll, I'll tell you my entire f***ing rundown of the weekend. So oh, we're, we're getting in on Thursday. Friday morning, we're doing the show. Uh, Friday afternoon, we're going to Access, which is like a... Um, a fan convention thing with WWE people, and they have all the fucking like, you get to see like Ric Flair's wardrobe, you get to see like fucking championship belts, all the stage props, and then they also have wrestlers you can meet. They have like rings you can jump in, and and then so Friday we're doing that. Then Friday night we're going to this thing called NXT, which is like WWE developmental. It's essentially like the stars of WWE in the next two years will be starting there. It's its own show on the network getting really deep nerdy with this right now saturday afternoon we're going to be going to ring of honor because they also set up down in dallas as well to run to kind of gather as many wrestling fans for their product in the same area uh so we're going to be going to ring of honor then saturday afternoon we're going to be no this and then saturday we're going to go to the hall of fame ceremony where they're going to induct sting and then Saturday, Saturday night, we're going to go see Jim Ross do a live spoken word performance <laughs> at like 11 p.m. That I would love to see. Yeah, that's going to be fucking awesome. And then Sunday morning, we're going back to Access again. And then WWE, WrestleMania. And then we're maybe going to get some sleep. I doubt it, though. Probably not. Probably not. You guys are going to be running around. It's going to be fucking sweet. That and we're going to awesome. hopefully go to Vinnie Paul Strip Club. It, oh, that's in Dallas? Yeah. What's it called? Uh, I don't know. It's got some hilarious. It has BYOB though, so you can bring name. like a fucking twelve pack. You should <laughs> bring a twelve pack of Surge. I'll do it. Migs will. I'll be the fucking designated driver for Migs. He'll have some time. I know he's married, but he can have. He can get down. Hopefully, his wife doesn't listen to the podcast. The... <laughs> I know I, she. Doesn't. I highly, highly doubt <laughs> it. She's uh, gonna be like, "Hey, I heard your podcast." <laughs> be like, "What? No, yeah, I listen every every week, man." Yeah, well, your week was. Sick, you got to play a few shows and you opened for suicidal tendencies. Yeah, that was weird. Super last minute. I got a text uh, from the singer of my other band because I, mean, I play guitar in two bands. And he sure. said, Hey, we just got offered to play for suicidal tendencies, and it was two fucking days before the show. Okay. And so everyone in my first band, my band that I wrote the, the music for, yeah. Okay. Uh, I just didn't feel like it was a good idea. Like, we're not ready for it. We haven't been practicing. Like, So you got the offer for the loss. Right. Okay. And then I was like, no, nah, I don't really want to do that. And everybody else in my band kind of just, we were all on the same page with that. Sure. We were like, yeah. it's probably just not going to, it's not going to make it's us gonna look gonna good. It's not going to do anything yeah. good for you. <laughs> exactly. It'll only it'd be, it'd create be, bad yeah, things. It'd be cool and fun as an experience. In theory? But like, yeah. In practice, not but so much. Nah. So And I've like been practicing tough with the Hilltop Rats because they just are a little more on their sh- you know? They have like a more regimented because a couple of the dudes have kids, so it's a very specific time that we have every every week. So it's got to happen every week at a certain time. It's like a part time job, kind of. Yeah. So uh, we got up there, dude, and and like I was telling you earlier, they opened the doors. How at did that work? Though? The offer was just was just oh, transferred. Yeah. yeah and, and so I said I don't want to do that, and it's it was our buddy Michael Spadoni who works at the showbox. Sure, yeah. Like I know Michael individually outside yeah. of this. And I was like, but we have this other band. And so they just sent it off to the, <clears throat> I don't know if, if it's like a label person or a tour manager. Okay. Somebody from the suicidal t- camp had to like listen to one of our songs on band camp or whatever, just to make sure we're not like a fucking Alan Jackson cover band or something. <laughs> so yeah. We're to make sure that you are. They approved it. I didn't hear back from them for a couple of days and I, and I was just like, all right, man, it's probably not going to happen. And then the morning before the show, they were like, okay, you guys are on. We'll see you there. 
You're like, we, yeah, we'll really be able to promote this one. Yeah. And well, and then I was just like, what do we need to do? He's like, don't worry about it, man. The show's like, it has like 20 tickets left. Jesus. So it was sold out before the doors even opened. So you didn't even need to like, I didn't have to do much. anything. We just got like put onto this you awesome, didn't have to sell tickets. like opening up an evening with suicidal. Like what the, f- you were when the is only that other band. Yeah. That's so savage. That, and it was awesome. But every, and I think it was a Thursday night. So it was like Thirsty Thursday, and yeah. motherfuckers were drunk. That was so crazy. Drunk. That was a good night for metal, man. Like there was not only was there that sold out suicidal show, but I went and saw Children of Bodom over at El Corazon, and then right up the street at the Highline was Bongzilla. Right. So there was like fans of thrash, fans of uh, you know, fucking it was a good weird night to death be out. metal, fans of uh, we fans took of over the town stoner. But yeah, I don't know what happened with that because it was supposed to be Megadeth, and you were saying that the Megadeth Suicidal Children of Bodom tour was in it was in Las Vegas, Las Vegas when yeah. you were down there. But the tour split, and so for two days they were going up against each other. Yeah, That's in weird. the same towns, like in Seattle and Bend. I don't, so I don't know what happened. They sh- man, it should have just been. I mean, I'm, I'm cool with Megadeth dropping off. It should have just been Suicidal and Children of Bodom. But I was fine with it because watching Dave Lombardo play. For suicidal yeah, tendencies was, was so awesome. Did you dude. get to another smoke another blunt with him? No, but we met him after the show. Yeah, and got like a picture with him. Sweet. Uh, they had, and this was my one of my favorite things I think I've ever gotten from a show was first of all I stole a guitar pl- a pick from them. Cool. Off the top of his amp because I just had to. And Dean, their their original guitar player they've had you know since the eighties. Yeah. Uh, God damn, those dudes fucking shred so hard. Every single person in that band just fucking goes off. I love that. Shit. But anyway, they had these these like six by eight prints, and it was like Dave Lombardo and Mike Muir like standing together, like like hard styling. That's fucking sick. And so I got that, and then I got them both to sign it. That's awesome. And so I and like and one thing that I've really been meaning to do, I just really haven't had the time to do it, is I want to make like and I think I got inspired from my buddy's guitar pick collection that he has like a little openable case that he like you know adds you know to it sure but you and i between the two of us have so many pictures and like press passes and autographs and yeah i want to start making like little you know little martha stewarty and arts and crafts like mat matted framed photos and so i can just get all of that together and up on the wall so i don't like lose it in a move or like yeah when i set my house on fire on accident I set uh, aside all my press passes, and I put those in a, in a... I have those framed in my apartment. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as far as pictures, I just need to go and put them on a floppy... Not even a floppy drive. A CD and bring them in and get them actually printed out on, like, nice, you know, fucking... Yeah, you should... I'll, I'll go through my computer and see what I have, and then you should compile what you have, too. And go to, like, Rite Aid and get them printed on, like, right. nice paper. I mean, I have a decent printer. Oh, that'd be cool. So we can do that. We could also... What's up, Rhyme? Boot, bootleg some money. What do you mean bootleg some money? Make, like, make some like fraudulent... Cop, copy $100 bills? Yes. In the <laughs> uh, sorry, I hope the FBI is not listening to this. FBI, what up? I highly doubt it. I know Ryan, he does too. And so what I've been trying to do more recently is get on a, a more on top of like getting something autographed. Yeah. So I can get the picture and then that thing and put it together. And That autographed knife by Chris Barnes is floating around yeah, here somewhere. exactly. <laughs> is that in the locker still over there, uh, No, I think, I think people were using it to cut their uh, sandwiches. Yeah, because it lunch. was sitting on the thing, and like I <laughs> came back out here, and there was like mayonnaise on it. Jeez. And I was like, what? 
Well, it was sitting in the kitchen sink. I, I snagged it out of there and cleaned it off and put it back in the locker. Who signed this? I remember talking, I think I was talking to Ashley in the promo department. She's like, who signed that? I was like, it's fucking Chris Barnes. She's like, really? I just cut that to make, cut my sandwich with that. Well, that's a pretty metal way to cut your sandwich, I, know. I guess. Seriously, it's good times. Anyways, good so times. So, Ryan, you, how, okay, Ryan was late to the podcast because he was Jamming Jet, out to Cryptopsy. Like, just walked back in from it. So, who yeah, was, dude. did you see them? Were yeah, I, I got to see all of Cryptopsy. It was awesome. How man. was Flo Monier? Man, I got to say, that band is so goddamn on point. They really tore it apart. It was awesome. Really glad I got to see them. I, I haven't gotten to see Cryptopsy before. I've been I trying never to have for a either. while. I never have either, Ryan. Me neither. Oh, well. Yeah, f*** you. Thanks, Ryan. Guess I made it. Twist the knife slowly, bro. Feel bad we right just now. Cut your head off and wear it like a hat. Yeah, cut our head off and wear it like the nun so vile, like Jesus. <laughs> I oh, think dude. that's John the Baptist. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I saw The Witch last night. Pretty good movie. I wouldn't say it's a movie you really need to see in the theater, but it's creepy as f***, and the goat in that movie is so f***ing metal. That's tight. Dude, hell yeah. Uh, the, just pay attention to the goat. Is that going to freak you out when you see goats now? Yeah, it will. <laughs> it's a very You'll slow- be like, get away from me, goat. It's a very slow plotting movie. Uh, it's not like if you're like, oh, it's a horror movie and don't go in expecting it to be really a horror movie. Just there's expect like, it to be like a kind of a creepy drama. It's not like a bunch of jump scares. and like, No, 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 not really. There's a few. There's a few that are really creepy. I went with someone who was expecting it to be like a slasher. It's definitely not that. Gotcha. But it's just creepy. So you can like get it, watch it at home while you're smoking a blunt or something? Don't watch it when you're tired because it's just a, it's very slow building. You have to like intently watch it. Exactly. It's good, though. It's yeah. cool. I went to go see Gods of Egypt the other day. Yeah. How was it? Blindingly white and horrible. Yeah, it, it looked just a bad It didn't look movie. very good to me. <laughs> god-awful, but I like the premise. I mean, yeah, the, the premise if, was if cool. they did it well. What do you mean, blindingly white? Everybody like, was white. Oh, okay, the entire okay. cast. You're like, I'm sorry, what's this movie called? Gods of Egypt? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Surrounded by white was people. Was Nile in it? The guy who played <laughs> Ra was an Irish dude. He had red <laughs> hair, Jesus, man. man. Was it Seamus? Are you serious? Ugh, yeah, it it, it so was bad. Stupid. It's bad. Lots of cleavage though, so you know if okay. but, uh, well cleavage to pay for but that. were there any actual boobies? No. Was it like the Immortals <sighs> movie? Remember that Immortals movie? No, no. What, I like that, that movie. It was alright. I like that movie. I like the second three hundred too was really good. I never saw that. That was good. You can see uh what's her name? Naked. Oh yeah. There's uh, a bunch of naked people naked and dead people. Yeah. Makes for a good movie. Pretty metal. Yeah. Yeah. I saw Hail Caesar. Eh. Yeah. Eh. Who was in that? George Clooney. I'd say that's a Netflixer. Netflix and chill. You know, I got a I got for a bit sure. of a story I wanted to talk about that happened the other week. Um I was uh down in my basement and I heard somebody kind of creeping around outside by the driveway. I saw some lights kind of through the window. Oh, and I like only have somebody to... escaped the chains from well, your I, basement? Well, I only had one <laughs> I only have the one little window down there, so when somebody walks past it, they have to be in the driveway in order for that to be affected. So I didn't know what was going on because it was the middle of the night, and I yeah. saw lights through the window. So I walked upstairs, and there was somebody out in my backyard with a flashlight. And so Who the f***? I grabbed my bat because I don't have a gun. We call that shotgun time, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of uh, watched the flashlight as the person went along the side of the house and they were kind of looking in all the windows, and I kind of followed them and tried to stay low out of plane of view. And then I saw them go up on your porch, go up onto my porch. And now, the the way the laws work is, if somebody's on 
on your property, you can do something about it, but if you injure them, it's it can kind of get to be a grayer. If they're actually in your house- They can house, sue you, yeah. Yeah, if they're actually in your house, <clears throat> then it's a lot more black and white. It's, it's straight up self-defense. Yeah. So when the front door is open- the fr- the landing area of your house counts as the interior of your house. Sure. And so if they're on your front porch, you can then do something about it. So they were on my porch trying, and I saw them trying the doorknob. So I carefully oh, went up Jesus. right by the door and keep in mind I'm in my underwear and just like big ass bat. And I'm like, kind of pump myself up a little the bit. The front or the back door? The front door. Okay. So I yanked the door open as hard as I could and like tried to jump, like, almost jumped out of the door and I was mid swing and this guy jumps back and goes, Whoa, Hey, I got to the pizza. And my fucking roommate had ordered pizza, Jesus. had his headphones on, didn't hear the guy knocking or calling or anything. All the lights in the house were out. <laughs> I almost broke the guy's jaw, man. I got to the pizza. <laughs> it was this total, it was this Italian stereotype guy just delivering the pizza. Oh, it's a me, Mario. Why are you hitting me with the bed? You, you should have <laughs> clocked him and stolen the pizza. <laughs> That's Get off my porch. How pissed were you at your roommate? Dude, I was mad. Is I that tur- Dave? No, it wasn't Dave. It was Adam. I turned around. hit him with the bat. And Adam saw me standing there with the bat, just like shaking my head as I walked back to my room. And he's like, oh, dude, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Good job, yeah. boner. That's why I don't have roommates. Well, I mean, if that's, uh, it, I would have, I would agree with you about it being shotgun time. But if, at the same time, if I would have been armed, I might have actually fired. <laughs> Like, For real? I was, no, yeah, I believe you. Yeah. I was I was on edge. That yeah. pizza guy might have gotten. <laughs> well, dude. Okay. Yeah. Here, here's the other the thing. Job. Like, I've delivered over the course of my life. I've delivered pizzas as a job for probably about six years. Mm-hmm. So I've delivered my fucking decent amount of pizzas myself. And you see some weird when you're delivering yeah, pizzas. But you know what I don't do? Walking through someone's backyard with a flashlight and stuff. Yeah. I go to the front door and knock. And if they don't answer, I call. And if they don't do anything, I call my manager and I go back to the shop. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not gonna like go above. I'm not gonna go like climb through the window and be like, "Here's your fucking pizza." <laughs> like what? Like what's your deal? Yeah, he walking w- around in the yard in the middle of the night, it's just sketch. I mean, Super he was sketch. all the way in the back of the house with a flashlight out, like a big ass mag light. Like that wasn't just a phone light. Like you can you can tell from a distance that somebody's using a cell phone light or like a big ass flashlight. Like it's Marv from the Sticky Bandits. He's just rolling up to your house. Yeah, He's man. He's gonna fill up your uh, your sink full of washcloths and turn the water on, <laughs> and leave. Well, Damn. I'm glad that uh, you didn't have to bust a cap or <laughs> knock some heads, <laughs> bust a skull with a baseball. Uh, not a nice Louisville slugger. Well, I would have felt awful. I mean, if I would have actually hit the pizza guy. I feel like there's a special place in hell reserved for people who f- with delivery people. You know, I mean, that's yep. just. But uh, you ever heard of the Darwin Award? Oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a quick way to get yourself there also. Gnarly. Uh, <clears throat> pizza lives matter, man. <laughs> pizza does matter. Pizza so, does matter. Have you seen uh, Deadpool yet, Ian? No. Oh, you got to check that one out. I know. Uh, so we can't talk about it yet. All right. I just don't have much time to get to the theater. And here's the other thing. My you buddy, can find it online. My buddy that was pirating his movies got his internet shut down by oh, saying- Because <laughs> <laughs> I guess what you do when you're, when you're doing torrents, and I, I do not condone this because I, I actually don't do it. That's why you have other people do it for me. Uh, but what happens is when you get the torrent, you're supposed to like get the movie or whatever, and then delete the file, like burn mm-hmm. it to a thing, and, or just on an external. 
and he forgot to delete his file. So what mm. happens is other people start downloading Seating it from it, you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so like a bunch of people downloaded these movies off from like his account and like CenturyLink sent like a cease and desist to his house. <laughs> uh, so he had to call him, pay him like 30 bucks and they were like, okay. Damn. Go, go about your business. Uh, here, here, check this out. So write this down if you're listening to the podcast right now. And Ian, keep, take this note. Uh, you can, if you have a, a decent internet connection, uh, you know, obviously you probably should. It's no one's on dial up anymore. Just go to www.rainiertamayo, rainier, T-A-M-A-Y-O.com. And okay. it's like another country. They have this service. Oh, You've used servers it before, right? oh, yeah. country. No, I, I use um, it all the time. I'm just... I'm just not too sure how I feel about massive people suddenly flooding the uh, website. Well, either way, you well, that'll be a test of how, how massive many pe- our audience. Yeah, is. exactly. So Tim Burke starts watching it. <laughs> uh, essentially, what you do is you just click on any movie you want, and it's just like a Netflix, but it's free. It's all streaming. I mean, it's totally illegal, but because it's in another Tight. country, and you can't get in trouble because you're just streaming. Hey man, I I'm just streaming, bro. You can get in. I'm trouble. just streaming. I was bro. just streaming the child porn. <laughs> oh my god. Let's talk about special places in hell. Uh, Deep let me go, web. I need Deep to go, web, Ryan Jesus the Beard. Christ. I need to go grab a beer. All right, so Ryan the Beard, Abysmal Dawn Crush tonight. They were really good. And the funny thing about the, the show is that you, me, and Ian all got similar Cryptopsy shirts. In fact, we all got the same Cryptopsy shirt. <laughs> we did indeed. It's uh, did, did we take the picture yet? We got, no, we no, take a picture. We, we haven't taken the picture. Uh, it is the Nun So Vile album cover with John the Baptist having his head cut off, and it's the classic Nun So Vile cryptopsy. I decided to go ahead and get it in long sleeve because it's got the many cryptopsy logos down the sleeve, and I'm a big fan of these sleeve print shirts. Got the long sleeve. Ian's got the short sleeve. Ryan's got the long sleeve. We're going to be rocking out with the cryptopsy gang. Cryptopsy crew. The I like that bands take credit cards these days, but I also don't like that bands <laughs> have credit card machines because that means that I go further into debt. It's okay though. Well, whatever. It's worth so it. we just. You know what? I'm I'm okay with being the Cryptopsy boys. Have you guys heard about the uh, the African gangs that are all named after metal bands? Yeah. Or the Australian That's gangs, so rather. Yeah. Who wants to be in the Chelsea Grin gang? <laughs> I remember watching a documentary on it, and they were hanging out with the Metallica boys, and they're hanging out on this beach, and somebody starts shooting at them. So they just started running away. Jesus. And the camera guy turns to one of the guys, and he's like, what's happening? Who's shooting at us? And he's like, yeah, we shouldn't have been on that beach. It was the Evanescence crew. Oh. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, dead serious. Metallica versus Evanescence. What's that shitty song that Evanescence does? Uh, all of them. Wake me up! Oh, that's it, yeah. up inside. Imagine them like <laughs> blasting that shit as they roll the windows down and do a drive by. <laughs> so, so well, bringing the- it back to my trip when I went to that fucking uh, that sketchy bootleg uh, fucking metal store in Pomona, I bought that Slayer patch I was talking about, and the chick who was working there was wearing a Lincoln Park T-shirt, and she goes, "Oh yeah, when you get the, when you find these bootleg one of a kind patches, you really got to pick them up. That Slayer one is beautiful." She's like, "When the, when I saw an Evanescence one come in." I knew I had to get it because I didn't get to go to the Evanescence concert when they played. Wow. And it was just, it was amazing. The dream is alive. And I was like, you're right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> the dream is alive. Wake me up. You should have asked her if that patch woke her up. <laughs> uh, I think it woke her up inside, definitely. All right, let's talk about some news. There's a lot of good stuff going on in the world. Uh, what do we want to start with today? I think, uh, what was it? Oh, we got a super group. There's a new Asphalt super band on the block. Graves. Yeah, tell me about it. 
Uh, so Jason Netherton of Misery Index, who's also in one of the founding members of Dying Fetus. Adam Ferris from War Torn. Uh, Brent Perguson from Guar and Sh- Shannon Lucas from uh, formerly of the Black Dahlia Murder, the drummer, uh, have a new band called Asphalt Graves. They have a new track called Angst and Praise online. Um, it is on Vitriol Records, which is pretty sweet. It's Justin Smith of Graf Orlock and Ghost Slim. Nice. Runs the record label, and they're going to be putting this out. So let's check out a little bit of this Asphalt Graves. Skip in like halfway. Damn, this is awesome. That's the dude that's in war right now, right? Yeah. That's gnarly. I love it. Nice new music, man. Definitely awesome. Cool. Uh, let's keep that thought going. Uh, has anybody gotten their hands on the actual Anthrax, the new disc yet? I have not gotten no. it, no. Uh, just came in, or <clears throat> came out this last week, and I haven't heard anything except for the one other song that we played before. I think it was, yeah, Breathing Lightning. This is another new Anthrax song. The video is super creepy and has Brian Posehn in it, if you know who that is. Nice, dude. He's just creepy altogether. I'm gonna get into the actual meat of this. And Phil Anselmo apparently is in this video. Sounds powerful. Are we sure this is Anthrax? See, here's why Here's why I was asking if you guys had heard anything else off this, because this is like the song they're trying to push, you know? But... Dude, this is super violent. <laughs> like the video? Yeah. It's like a but it's just like medieval torture scenes and murdering. Gnarly. Like this dude just like executing people. And playing chess. Anyway, let me skip in here. Yeah, anyway, I don't know. I'm like honestly not the hugest fan of that, but just for no other reason than it's not like grabbing me right away. Maybe I can listen to it a little more and. Yeah, then I'll like it. I'll give him a shot, dude. I mean, it's fing anthrax. They rip. So. so the faces 
Faceless have reportedly dropped off another North American tour. God, it seems like that band just keeps dropping off of tours left and right. It seems like that band has just been a bad luck, string of bad luck. And like they're going to break up almost and then get back together. Their singer and guitarist... Yeah, it just yeah, seems like nobody can get along with that guy. What they said is that the replacement singer that they had lined up uh, backed out because his other band didn't like it. Oh. <clears throat> so that's pretty much the long and short of it, uh, which sucks because that's a great tour to be on, the Between the Buried and Me and August Burns Red Tour. Hmm. Uh, maybe next time. Hopefully they can get it together. Uh, Discharge has a new song coming out. When I first saw that title uh, like a week or two ago, I was like, great, did some new band not Google their band name and name themselves Discharge? Because I didn't believe it. I was like, "Yeah, new music from Discharge? It is awesome. So uh, the new record's coming out. Nuclear Blast. April 29th. Uh, the record's called End of Days. Here is Hate Bomb. Or at least part of it. It's awesome. I really want to see them play. Uh, they said on their new video, they said, no thought-provoking lyrics on this song, just two minutes and eight seconds of anger. Play it loud. It's killer. So, yeah. Yeah, man. F*** yeah. So, what a time to be alive. When I was down in L.A., got to stop by Metal Blade, like I was saying, and I got to see uh, so the artwork for the first ever Metal Massacre compilation, which features awesome. uh, misspelling of the Metallica uh, track listing. So there's misspelled Metallica uh, with, with like three L's, which is pretty funny, uh, and two T's. So they misspelled that, but Metal Massacre is an institution. It's really like springboarded Metal Blade, and that's where they fir- first heard the Slayer, first heard Metallica, and now they're going to be coming out with a new Metal Massacre, Metal Massacre 14 in 2016. It's going to feature a uh, 13 bands that the uh, this dude from Primordial, what's his name? Uh, Alan Avril. He compiled the track listing. Uh, he has uh, put put together the compilation. He said it's an institution. It's been dormant for too long, and these are bands that embody the DIY feel that Metal Massacre started. Awesome. So, should be pretty cool. Some of the bands are uh, Metallion, Noctum, Gate Creeper, awesome, awesome band. Cobra, Stone Dragger, Stone, Stone Dragger, Stone Dagger, <laughs> Visigoth, Raven Colt, Corsair, Outcast. It's going to be good, man. Uh, I definitely guarantee it'll be a fucking ripper of a compilation. And compilations are something that uh, you don't really see that often anymore. Well, it's the kind of thing where, like, you know, you used to. <clears throat> and this is weird to say, and it makes me feel fucking old. Like, I think we're the last of a kind of a generation that had to go fucking buy music and mm-hmm. to go somewhere and get your shit. So like the only way that you would find out about other bands is like reading the liner notes and stuff. And so them creating another reason to purposefully seek out new stuff, I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. And just on the purpose of like, I would probably listen to way more music if I had somebody like handing me like, check this out, check this out, you know? Totally. A, a friend yeah. of mine, you know? So that's a really good, you know, way to promote. Good for I, them. I feel like I owe more than half of my current musical taste to compilations that I used to buy when I was in high school. Those seven to ten dollar mm-hmm. comps that you could get at like Hot Topic and the record store, oh, yeah. things like that. 
half of it would be like total turd pile, then half of it would be like pretty, pretty decent right. or that's, totally ripping. That's how yeah. I first heard hate breed. That's how I first heard neurosis, reach a sky, no innocent victim, Mastodon. Earth crisis, buried alive. Yeah, Mastodon off the relapse comps, Nazum, yeah, a lot of really good bands. Um, I got a tooth and nail compilation where I first heard. Um, Zayo and Strong Arm and Stretch Armstrong. It's one of the first like harder bands I really Dude, listened to. I, I used to always I buy bought the it for, for MXPX though. I used to Hell always yeah. buy the metal for the masses comps. Like as soon as they'd come out, I'd go out and buy that right away. And it was it was like a hundred bands for ten bucks or something like nice. that. Nice. We used to do that here. Oh yeah. Like I don't think that they do that anymore because of the way the music industry's changed. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, it's like harder to get rights to stuff because people are super stingy. Sorry, I got like some something buzzing in my right I, earphone. I'm watching you like sit there and just kind of tap on it's your bugging ear. The out of me. It's like I literally tinnitus, have like, motherfucker. It's like I have a little bug in my fucking earphones, repeating back everything away. everyone's saying in a super annoying voice. It's weird. Damn, Daniel. Speaking of which, Phil Labonte is back on the fucking podcast. Your again. favorite. Ugh. Your fave. At first, I thought this said Phil Anselmo, and so I was like, oh my god, he just dug himself a hole. So here's the title no, of this No, no, uh, the other Phil. Phil Labonte retweets a homophobic and xenophobic tweet from a white power Twitter account. Fantastic. Are you surprised, though? Are you surprised? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> but he's I, just like, he's just like, it. I like his Twitter response. Somebody called him out and said, I think you've posted sh Twitter that you shouldn't have, and linked him to the news articles, and he just said, it was a retweet, and I was funny. Okay, yeah, he, uh, yeah. this is the guy who, uh, who <laughs> called the vocalist of Black Veiled Brides a faggot, and, uh, as well as Republican yeah. candidates who oppose privacy rights, claiming that I call everyone in my band a faggot, and tweeting the hashtag, hashtag feminism is cancer. Just last year, he appeared on MSNBC to defend his use of, of homophobic slurs, I believe Dude, we played that. Dude, no on the more all that remains on Metal Shop. Period. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure. Did I, did we officially? Well, let's make Not it yet. official. Can now. we make it official? Not yeah. that we really care for that band too much. But let's I, do it tonight. I don't know. Let's just do. Uh, Wait, let's just not. Even like, talk uh, yeah, about I just them. don't even want to. But like the picture is, it's a retweet from a straight up white power site that he uh, that they looked he up follows. and he follows, like. He follows them and like sees it and likes it and retweets it clearly. So, you know, at this point, it's the kind of thing where like this is becoming a bigger societal. There's something going on thing. with guys named Phil. It's <laughs> it's this like uh, <laughs> apologistic attitude towards racism and xenophobia and homophobia, where it's like it's cool again. Hey, dude, to be a basher or whatever, you know, whatever. The, like terms people used to throw around, you know, it's like acceptable now. People are like coming back out of the closet, ironically, of their racist, you know, weird backwards ideologies. I, I really wish that would stop being a thing. I mean, it's down I, with I, fills. I, I thought it was getting better. No more fills. But hashtag no fills. Thanks, Phil. Dude, whoever named Phil, Phil, that it's their fault. Uncle Phil. Somebody named Phil's gonna listen to this and just be like, dude. Bummer, dude. He's like, Could yeah, other you're right. Could knock it off? Hey, we suck. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, gigantic uh, tour announcement this week. It's uh, like a six, five, six band package. It's Soulfly, uh, Battlecross, Suffocation, Abnormality, yes. and, and Lodi Kong. Lodi Kong's always playing those Soulfly tours. Uh, that's a, is that his kids' band? Yeah, or yeah, his kids yeah. Band. yeah, of course. Makes sense. Whatever. I mean, man, if they're good. I love Battlecross. I'm stoked for that, man. I love Suffocation. I love Abnormality. 
That's yeah, a man. big tour. Should so, be beastly. You know what that means? No crappy openers. It's going to be May 15th at Studio 7, and I shouldn't really say that because I am the crappy opener more often than not. True, true. So it's going to be May 15th, uh, which is a Sunday. Oh, cool. We can actually go. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, Wisconsin bands unite against Scott Walker for uh, charity compilation. This is awesome. So Scott Walker was one of the GOP presidential candidates this uh-huh. time. He was the <laughs> first one to drop out. Okay. So if you recognize his name... That's probably Scott one. Walker. A, lo- a bunch of local punk, hardcore, metal, and indie musicians have teamed up against Governor Scott Walker. Um, yeah, so they've gathered together to release Unintimidated Wisconsin Musicians Against Scott Walker, a compilation CD DVD that will raise funds for issues that Governor Walker repeatedly detests. Um, yeah. Great, thanks. Thanks for controlling vaginas, penis owner. So, yeah, you can check it out. It's called Unintimidated Wisconsin Musicians Against Scott Walker. Definitely give your money to that goods, that gourd, that good thing. Okay, I got something to say. Remember how much, like, pissed off, like, and angry and really awesome, like, punk and metal and hardcore there was during the George Bush? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the Reagan era. Mm -hmm. This is the thing to say but it's like the only silver lining on the cloud of like a potential trump presidency we would get so much good music yeah think about it <laughs> oh no think about it. i'd be embarrassed dude, dude I'd be we, so i already am embarrassed i already am it's like everyone's laughing at, us. We're laughing at ourselves the thing is is now it's it's i mean we can go down this wormhole if you want but there's now it's like i'm listening to a lot of talk Radio listening, to, watching a lot of CNN, watching a lot of Fox News, all these news channels, they're, all the Republicans are now finally going, whoa, wait a second. Yeah. We can let this go it's on It's crazy. Too long. Yeah. It's, and it's, we didn't eliminate this fucking disturbing rat of a human being. And now he's gaining so much momentum that they, they were kind of laughing about it. Like, oh, it'll die off. It'll die yeah, off. Yeah. It was a and joke. And now at he's first. number fucking one. And it has been. He's been number one the whole time. Did you guys see the the takedown that John uh, Oliver did on him? Oh yeah, that's one of the best things I've I've ever seen. He he uh, exposed his Trump's real last name. Like oh his, yeah 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 I saw yeah Trump. Right. I, I love it, man. And like that that whole thing, he just goes through really really breaks it down. Yeah, it's just crazy. I'd like to say that it's funny. It's not funny to anymore. watch the Republican Party fall apart, but no, they're like, making dick jokes about each here's other. Here's the now. other thing, though. It's the it's happening on the Democratic side also. Like, mm-hmm. the DNC and Debbie Wasserman Schultz is controlling the entire Democratic process right now. Mm-hmm. And they're just media blackouting Bernie Sanders and setting up the debates on, like, nights of, like, the playoff football games, Saturdays when nobody, you know, nobody's watching TV, people are out. Mm-hmm. It's just weird, man. And so I think both parties and the well, the whole thing just needs a whole, like, overhaul. Like, we need to relook at the entire thing because just and that's it's why so people... clearly backwards on both sides and that's why people want trump because he's not a politician i mean that that's what essentially he's he's not a part of that system either way and that's why he's so appealing to so many people which is scary the only here's the last thing an anti-politician the last thing i'd like to say about this is i was reading and watching news clips about the controversy popping up about trump university oh yeah where Mm -hmm. he got people to pay him like thirty six thousand bucks each to show up to this like convention where they, when they show up, they go, yeah, well, you can learn such and such, but if you really want to get to the next level, you have to take Trump University Elite or whatever it was, and then they do it again, and he didn't even show up. They were taking pictures next to a cardboard cutout. 
of Donald Trump. Yeah. For like 40 grand. That's sick. So, yeah, and then a bunch of people never even got what they, and so they, they, they're all suing him. It's, it's just like, he's literally a con man. And it's working. Yeah. Well, <laughs> whatever. People all have different, my mom keeps telling me, the two things you don't, you gotta stop talking about are politics and religion, because it just pisses everyone off. But dude, it's, uh, it's dangerous times. Even my, like, more conservative family members are like, whoa. This is scary. Dude, this is rough. Because, so, yeah, well, uh, anyways. Anyway, to bring it back, I just think it's cool to see musicians, like, gather together around a common idea. Remember Rock right. Against Bush compilations? <laughs> right. It's Yeah, same idea. But, yeah, it's cool. And, I mean, like, if you feel outspoken enough to, like, be an artist and be in a band and say what, what's on your mind, you might as well put your money where your mouth is and uh, get the f***ing bad guys out of office. Somebody started a punk band called Drumpf. <laughs> just do anti-Donald oh, Trump it's, songs. It's, it's on the way. Okay, so remember when we had Metal Church in here? Oh, of uh, course. A couple weeks ago. That was and, awesome. Uh, they were going to go on, they were launching their tour and stuff. Uh, they, man, so Rick Van Zant was in here with us, and apparently like the day before that they were they were going to play their show down in uh, Aberdeen, he like separated his cornea from his eyeball. Jesus. So How? yeah, I, don't, I, I, I didn't, it never said, but he was like, yeah, he had to go have like emergency eye surgery. Jesus. So he's been, you know, they've been trying to like fill in pieces, you know, getting people to fill in for him. But they just announced that ex-sabotage guitar player Chris Caffery is going to be filling in for uh, Rick on the entire rest of their U.S. tour, which is rad. So you can get like old school, very legit. Damn. Sabotage, Metal Church. Dude, I'm, st- I'm still trying to process that. You're... Eye separating from the cornea? Yeah, because it's like a lens, you know? Yeah. God. You ever watch eye surgery? They, like, peel oh. it back. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's gross. Oh, man. Last, it's gross. Last night, our friend of the show, Brian Skiffington, <laughs> he broke his wrist at a show down in uh, Tacoma, and he's going to head out to a show. Uh, he's supposed to head out on tour with dead weight, so he's looking for a drummer to fill in the entire, hey, what's Dave doing this week? <laughs> <laughs> Dave's working and playing right, Dark Souls. Right. I was going to say. <laughs> AKA just playing Dark Souls. He's, How did he yeah. break his hand? Uh, playing the show. I don't fucking know. Either that, no, it's probably something. I thought to do he with, did it at work. Yeah, eh, yeah, maybe. Something. I don't fucking know. I'm just making things. But I saw up. the but picture. But I do, do, do know that he broke his wrist. I saw the picture. His hand was just smashed. Yeah, smashed. Like pancake. Just broken. It's gross. Uh, the Slipknot uh, Marilyn Manson tour is coming to the Northwest. We didn't have the dates until this week, and it's going to be Saturday, June 11th, at the White River Amphitheater. That's awesome. We're actually going to be having tickets to that in the next few weeks. Uh, we're going to be having uh, some tickets to give away on air. Cool. To Slipknot and Manson. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm not going to be there because we got to do this. The so. beautiful people. <laughs> the beautiful people. Uh, I, I'll be doing blow with Marilyn Manson. There you go, bruh. It's going to be hard to top that last paint in the grass, though. That's true. Uh huh. Okay, so this, this is one's a, bad. Yeah, this is Yikes. weird. Hate breed. Yikes. Hashtag uh, perseverance. <laughs> so many j- terrible jokes. The rise on the of brutality. <laughs> oh my god! I'll be your doomsayer. Uh, yeah. Mother awaits you. Um, you fucking bleed now. Oh. Everybody bleeds now. Everybody fucking bleeds now. <laughs> Not just the one I fucking hate you. Okay, so the very first drummer that Hatebreed ever had, and he wasn't in the band for very long. It was, what did they, what year did they say it was? Oh, yeah, in 96, 97, right around when Satisfaction as the Death of Desire came out. And uh, apparently he took a turn down the life of crime. So, And he, all of his prayers can't bring him back. 
It's his last breath. All the <laughs> prayers in the world won't get you out of jail, dude, because you just got convicted of felony murder, Woof. first degree burglary, and criminal possession of a firearm. Uh, back in 2014, he killed a 56-year-old guy. So he said he went to this guy's house uh, with the plan of stealing some pills or money. They claimed that the guy that he was robbing dealt pills and had a reputation for keeping large sums of cash in his house. So the drummer said that the gun went off accidentally during a struggle and found out that he died after seeing it on the news. Woof. So he could face up to 90 years in prison when he sentenced May 26th. So this dude's killing people and robbing them while Jamie Joss is on stage doing high kicks. <laughs> Saying, show me your boobs. He's having a good time and this guy's down a dark f***ing alley. Drugs are a motherfucker. Mm, Marty Friedman, what's your deal, dude? Doesn't like shaking hands, apparently. Is he a germaphobe? That's not the reasoning he gave. Yeah, he says, um, shaking hands if you're a guitar player, it's like my tool and everybody's tool. Okay? Tool guy. And you get these big guys and they're very excited. They'll squeeze the crap out of your hand and it's really kind of stupid. Guys come and tell, they tell you that they've loved your playing for 50 years or however many million years and then they squeeze your hand so hard that you can't play guitar anymore. I just don't understand that. But, you know, it's a necessary evil, I guess. I just try to avoid it as much as I can. Okay. Dude, come on, man. You know, it, it... He's, uh, he goes on to say, I definitely have... Uh... I definitely have someone prepare my audience and tell them not to shake my hand because I have to go to work and I, and I can't do it. And it's really not because I'm an ass, but it's because I want to play guitar the next day. Like, are you going on like Debbie Does Dallas? You're going to like and shake 900 hands in one day. I don't think that's really a thing. I mean, how, I, I can't wrap my head around this. Like I, I can't, I can't see the logic in that. At one. least I just mean, be honest. Be little? like, and if he's a germaphobe, just be like, I don't want to touch you, dirty motherfuckers. Because he's, he's right, dude. If I was sitting there shaking people's hands, the first thing I'd have sitting to my right would be like a bottle of Purell. Yeah, no joke. Be Which like, is understandable. Be like, dude, if you just shook like ninety dudes' hands, you know, like half of those dudes just d- off like within four hours from you know ago yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Everybody just took a sh- and just walked out, and the light went yeah. off. What do you mean? You look giving me that look like yeah. super guilty, like that's you. So like you're that guy. Dudes, so this is fucking <laughs> totally off off on a different thing, but on my Facebook feed, it blows my fucking mind. My jaw just dropped. Brand new bantamweight champion, Misha Tate. Oh yeah. She beat fucking Holly Holm. Holly Holm beat Ronda Rousey. Misha Tate beat Holly Holm. Now Misha Tate's the champ. So it's gonna be Misha Tate versus Ronda Rousey. On the other side of things. Wow, you should post that on the KISW Facebook page. I'm about to right now, dude. Light up. We're going to get so many likes, dude. Uh, shocking news. Sharon Osbourne says she caught Ozzy in bed with the nannies. Uh, not <laughs> not recently, but uh, because Sharon is like this uh, queen bee fucking entrepreneur business lady. She had to hire four fucking nannies for her kids because she just didn't. was like, I don't want to. Okay, you guys raise my kids. Anyway. So... Uh, she'd say she, they'd always be traveling. It makes sense, you know, obviously they were touring. So uh, she called the nannies the bane of my existence, saying they were all wanting to be celebrities. They were all wanting money. I caught two of them in bed with Ozzy. She clarified she'd caught the two nannies in compromising positions uh, with the Prince of Darkness at different times, adding that Ozzy was, quote, out of his mind on drugs at the time. So she said she finally stopped hiring nannies and started, started hiring mannies. Mm-hmm guy named Big Dave. He <laughs> says, never trust a nanny, only get a manny. 
So behemoth bassist uh, just blasted venues that charge percentages for merch sales, which is uh, kind of a new one on me, but not all that surprising. So he was saying it's super important for us to bring our merchandise to the people and they know that they can buy some unique stuff at the shows, which is much appreciated because this goes directly to us. And that's great that it's happening. Some venues, they start charging bands for selling their merchandise, which causes bands rising prices, raising the prices of the merchandise. Sorry, this is obviously translated. Um, I was three nights ago counting everything that we need to leave in the venue. It was 42% altogether. So this is becoming a bad trend between the venue and us and everything. It's becoming like a mafia. People should be able to get uh, whatever they want for the prices that are fair. Uh, How do you guys feel about this? 42% is f***ing insane. First of all, that's like half. That's like, give me half your money. Like, what the f***? Are you serious? Right. I'd be like, no. Get out of my face. We just won't play here next time. You know? Uh, but it's the kind of thing where, like, I guess if you signed a, an agreement or a contract, you got to fork it over because they'll just take your ass to court because well, it's cl- it's cut and dry, you know? Well, who's who's negotiating these contracts? Right, well, because exactly. Be- because Behemoth, Behemoth is a big enough band where they're selling out the vast majority of the venues that they're playing right. at at this point in their career. So they could just go play... I don't know. Is this, is this something? Is is he talking about like in the in the North Americas, or is this something in like Europe uh, where they're dealing with this, or like it's not because it, I haven't heard much about this. They it, don't do that. It here. doesn't say. It doesn't say where exactly it was, um, dude. Because yeah, my my band when we opened up for Suicidal, we made like six hundred bucks in just selling T-shirts, and if they'd be like, give us forty two percent, I'd be like. <laughs> I'd flip the table and knock over the glass of water and just run out the back door. For touring bands, right? they take a small percentage, I think, off the top, or they just ask for a certain fee. Well, I, I can see, like, a flat fee. That That's fair. Be like, so does it. you yeah. call it, what do you, I mean, do they? Really? Yeah. That's why, like, Charlie Pina, you know, Charlie, he's had to, he has to literally count the shirts before and then after the show and then give them a percentage. He said it's annoying as shit. Not every venue does it, but some do. Corazone does. Wow. Hmm. Uh, did you guys hear the ruckus with leftover crack last no, night? No, what happened? So let me jump on here real quick. The current top post on the leftover crack Facebook page. Let me read it for you verbatim. El Corazon in Seattle. Is this what leftover Whoa. crack posted? 21 hours ago. Okay. The staff changes, but the bullshit always stays the same. 17 years later, they still f*** it up. Never again for us. Hmm. So it's been an, there's 88 comments on it right now. It's it's been an interesting because it's like all of my friends that work the security there, yeah, are all on it commenting on it. What did they do? What happened? Uh, I don't know the details for sure, but from what it sounds like, they got into an altercation with uh, one of the uh, one of the security guys because there was somebody was trying to do something they weren't supposed to do. It sounds like a leftover crack thing to do, right? And it was a sold out show. It smelled like. Sh- I don't know. I don't know the details. I look forward to going down there. And in fact, I should have mentioned something to you guys before you went down there earlier so you could get the details for me. But yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, it, I mean, like, I think that's f-ing lame to do as a band just f- of, pardon me, of any genre or for any reason, because that's just so unfucking professional. Yeah. And if you got yourself into that situation, they're punk, bro. You probably earned it. Punks. Yeah. No joke. P-U-N-X. Dude, this is super cool, though. On the other side of things, fucking legit dudes, Bruce Dickinson, super savage. He is a f- he is a believer in 
uh, the flight, the world of flight, and he put his money where his mouth is, and he has invested three hundred sixty thousand dollars so far, two hundred fifty thousand euros, in this thing called the Airlander Ten, which is the largest aircraft ever. It's a hybrid air vehicle which has uh, can stay airborne for up to three weeks and be vital in delivering wow. several tons of humanitarian aid. Um, he said, "You want to put a hospital in Africa? You put the whole hospital in the side of this thing. Whoosh! Start the generator, deliver your hospital." Um, so. This is why he said... Hey, you guys need a hospital? Yeah, he, cool. I'm just going to put that in my airplane. He met the late investor, Roger Monk, and he decided to put the money where his mouth is. He said he told his wife, I'm about to put 100K in a big bag of helium. It may go up in smoke. People have to dream, and unless you can dream something, I'm never gonna hap- it's never going to happen. He added, I'm not expecting to get my money back anytime soon. I just want to be a part of it. Being a rock guy, I could put it up my nose or buy a million Rolls Royces <laughs> and drive them into swimming pools, or I could do something useful. There are very few times in your life when you're going to be a part of something big. That is so awesome. So, yeah, man, that's f***ing rad. I'm sure he'll make some money back in the end, but you know, for the time being, he's just helping create something real badass with, with the money that he has. It's the size of a football field. So fucking cool. That rules. Uh, yeah, I hope that happens. I hope I would love to see that in my lifetime. Oh, it'll happen. I want to see some weird shit happen. And Iron Maiden will get their own. Uh, KK Downing looks like he's having some doubts on leaving, uh, having left a Judas Priest. Downing syndrome? Yeah, I guess you could call it that. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, <clears throat> can you do me a favor and just, like, slap yourself in the fucking face real quick? No, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mm, that sounded good. That was so unbelievable. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> it's been five years since he retired uh, from Judas Priest, and he's been saying that one of the only hypothetical reasons he'd get back together with the band would be for a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Ooh. So he's like, hey, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Hook us up, motherfuckers. How is, the ro- how is Judas Priest not already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? That's a good question. That's a damn good question. Uh, well, I hope so. Let's see here. Well, there's one other. Okay, he said, obviously, uh, they have Richie in there, Richie Faulkner. Uh, Maiden's done the three guitar player thing, but I don't think there's room for an extra guitar player in Priest. Priest has always been a two-guitar band, so I can't see that working. Uh, we'll have to see what happens next. Hmm. Dude, get this. This is Pot calling the kettle black right here. Slayer's Carrie King says that Iron Maiden and Metallica are living on past successes. Okay. Look at yourself in the mirror, bro. I mean, Rep- I, I dug some of the Slayer songs off the new record, but I also dug some new Metallica, and I also dig some new Iron Maiden. Neither of all three of those bands release a solid album. No. They release Not- some good songs here and there. There's like three or four good songs. Yeah, but don't give them when you're doing the exact same thing. You know, I didn't think I, I never thought I'd be saying this, but you know what old school band is still releasing good material right now? Freaking Megadeth, man. Yeah. They're the he, only one still pu- that has put out a decent album in the last couple of years from that whole crew. He did admit, though, that Slayer is to some degree resting on its laurels. He was quoted as saying, we're living on our history for sure, but so is everyone else. Yet we're the ones trying to push ourselves forward. I would say Iron Maiden and Metallica, no offense, are living on past success. Metallica has toured forever on the black record, which is a lot of people don't like. I actually like. It's heavy as can be. Is it Master Puppets? Of course not, but it's a great record. Iron Maiden for living is living off of first three records. Have they made good songs since then? Yeah, but they may, mm. haven't made great records. I like to think we're still making great records as much as people came out wanting to hear Raining Blood and Angel of Death. They also want to hear Disciple or even Implode. If I was in one of those other bands, I'd be a little fucking miffed by that. I mean, I'm yeah. sure they don't no give a, a f- 
Yo, here's another thing that irks me. When someone says no offense, no offense, but no offense, but here's a statement. It doesn't mean you can be a <laughs> master and just say some <laughs> bullshit and and like just get off on it and be like, oh, oh, he said no offense. It's fine. He said some really offensive <laughs> up things about us, but he said no offense. No big deal. So that you, yeah, yes, offense. Well, that, that's why Phil. <laughs> that's why Phil Anselm is in so much trouble right now. He didn't say no offense. No first. offense, but white power. <laughs> Jesus. Here's the last thing I want to say on this, and this is what stood out the most to me. Uh, he added that, Carrie added that Slayer's success is measured through concert attendance, not through record sales. Mayhem Fest. <laughs> my barometer is the live show where people show up. Thank you for ruining my point. That means people are into the music, whether the record is selling or not. They have it, they know it, and we can play it, and we have them sing it right back to us. That's pretty much how it shows me people are still into it, regardless of sales. Thank you, Kevin, says the guy who almost single-handedly ruined one of the <laughs> biggest heavy metal tours yeah. of all time. Congratulations, Carrie. So, I don't know what the f*** you're talking about, basically is the end of my statement on that. Good job, Carrie. I think you're, you're, a little, you're becoming a little too disconnected, bro. Yup. You gotta deflate the balloon a little bit, bro. Bro. Hmm. Damn. Metal Shop's Backstage Pass is a very interesting place, but we have to calm things down a little bit this week on episode 58, because it's time now to 50, 58? It's like 87. 87. <laughs> f*** off. <laughs> All right, it's episode 87, guys, and it's time to turn things down a little bit, get uh, a little bit more artistic, and uh, to look into some of the lyrics of the most f***. Up death metal bands out there. This week, Ian will be reciting the lyrics to Guttural Secrete from their album Reek of Pubescent Despoilment. The song is called Coprophilic Asphyxia. Take it away on brutal poetry, too hot for radio. Obsessing over piss and sh fecal orgy sh stained, I sit. <laughs> Gagging from the stench so vile, suffocating with a smile. Puking on myself, regurgitating fecal matter. Feels like razor blades carving up my throat. Self-indulgent narcissism, giving myself deep incisions. Mixing with my blood. <laughs> blood clots begin to form in my veins from the blockage of brown. Losing oxygen to my brain as my body shuts itself down. Laid out, my cadaver is lifeless, covered in a pool my own sh the stench grows as flies start to swarm claiming my body as the home for their unborn Jesus. well that was totally f***ed up thank you Ian for making sure that you will go to hell thanks that was guttural secrete that was metal shops backstage pass and that was totally f***ed up Hey, See you next week. Hey, should we put that obituary interview on the end here? F yeah. Yeah, All right, man. Let's do, do it up. I think they'd be into guttural secrete. Here's brutal. <laughs> Here's obituary. God damn it. See you guys next week. Peace. 99.9 KISW Metal Shop. My name is Kevin, and we're here back in the uh, obituary van or bus. I'm sorry, it's not a van. It's quite a nice bus and uh they are in seattle tonight uh on the cannibal corpse cryptopsy abysmal dawn obituary tour watching some nhl uh he's riffing out doing a little uh you know getting ready for the show how's it going today man how you doing all right how you doing 
Doing, doing great, man. Uh, very excited to check you guys out tonight. I've got the show, obviously, but I'm going to try and come back and at least watch a few songs of you guys. Um, first off, I wanted to ask, there's a lot of fucking epic obituary riffs. What is your top obituary riff of all time? Oh, Lord. That's a really funny question because we have, like, thousands of riffs. <laughs> me, for me personally, um, chopped in half, maybe. All right. I chopped in half. I'm just calling one out, I guess, and uh, chopped in half. Chopped in half, right on. You've got the, had the same three core members since '84. What's the key to keeping it together for so long with a lot of bands like having revolving lineups and whatnot? First off, we're friends. You know, the Tardies and I have been friends since like 1980. So uh, we're basically like family at this point. You know, so uh, that's a big key to it. And we're all mature nowadays. We can deal with each other. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's cool. You know, we write good music together, and uh, I think that's it. Be friends. Looking at like uh, the obituary song writing process, what's the process like? Yeah, sometimes there's a couple different ways. Sometimes I'll come up with rhythms at the house, just up by myself at home, hanging out, and uh, maybe jamming on the guitar. And I come up with something cool, and I say cool, and I'll re- remember it or record it down, and bring it to the studio with Donald. Me and him will get together and try to work it out as, into a song. And uh, sometimes it's just we're just jamming together, hanging out, and um, in between maybe practicing some songs. I'll kick out a riff and now I'll be like, what's that? You know, and, and we next thing you know, we're writing a song. Yeah. And that's usually the main two ways it usually happens. I say nine times out of ten. And sometimes, I mean, we physically sit down together. Okay, let's try to come up with something. And that's a whole other process of just tooling around, you know. Like he might start a drum beat and I'll try to riff to it. And, yeah. And we'll hit record. And if we find hear something that we like, we'll, you know, maybe turn it into something. So. Cool. Yeah. It's magic from there. Uh, so obviously, there's like the big four of thrash, like Slayer, Metallica, Anthrax, Megadeth. If you had to name a big four of death metal, what would it be? Because I think there's a couple of them here on the on the uh, tour. Uh, well, uh, there's different generations of death metal. For sure. So I guess we'll just I, I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll just deal with our generation of death sure, metal yeah. for like obituary and. I'd, I'd say, you know, Cannibal Corpse is definitely one of them. The man, uh, Death, would be one. Uh, Obituary, I think, would be one. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a million other ones you could throw in there. Yeah. For me, personally, I think Autopsy would fit in there very well as a, another... Maybe DSI? Yeah, yeah DSI yeah. would fit in there, too, definitely. Awesome. Can't really whittle it down to four. That's kind yeah, of an unfair question, hard, yeah, especially pretty, on the top of your head. Yeah, it's pretty difficult. All right, so obviously metal fans get pretty wild. Um, what's the most bizarre fan interaction you've had throughout the years? I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> bizarre interaction. Yeah, last night, there was, uh, actually, last night there was a bear in the crowd. Oh. <laughs> this guy, this fan, wore a full bear suit, you know, like a looked like a giant teddy bear. Wow. <laughs> he was headbanging. It was pretty funny. We were all cracking up. Man. That's awesome. So your last record, Inked and Blood, I believe, is that your first on Relapse? Yeah. Okay, cool. Is there any uh, plans to uh, follow up 2014's Inked and Blood? Uh, well, yeah, eventually we're going to play some. I mean, uh, play some. Uh, record some new songs. Uh, we've actually got a couple songs from that actual session that we recorded and never finished. Cool. So we're going to finish those up. We may do add some live stuff that we recorded and uh, do like either an EP or maybe, maybe even a full length in between doing another full length studio album so uh, after this tour too we're going to start you know writing some new stuff um, but yeah there's no specific date yeah. yeah but we definitely have some stuff that we can put out we've, Sweet. we've been tooling around you know we've been talking about mixing this stuff and getting it done so 
They're actually recording some stuff on this tour as well. So That's awesome. Never know some of this stuff might slip in there. This is Trevor from Obituary. Anything you want to say to the um, the metal shop in the Seattle area? Yeah, if you're listening to the show right now, you're not out at our show. So, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, check out our new stuff when we do it. And um, thanks for being fans. It's cool. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.